Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Right now I've got a word that I want to bring to you. Would you grab your Bibles and open to the book of Luke? Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. We're going to read together and, uh, and um, we're going to read quite a few verses. I'd love it if you would just kind of read along with me. Luke chapter 24. And we're going to read this incredible story. Goes right into the title of this sermon today. I want to speak to you about finding Jesus on the road to Emmaus. Luke 24, let's begin in verse 13. The Bible says this. That very day, see this is the third day, the day of resurrection. Two of them, the disciples, were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? They stood still, looking sad. And one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb. They found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he was going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us? while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures. And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the 11. And those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Let's pray. Jesus, pray today that we find you on our road to Emmaus that you interrupt 
our life, our walk, and you show us who you are. God, become real to us today. God, speak to us today. We want our hearts to burn within us as the scriptures are revealed to us by your power, by your might, by your Holy Spirit, God. So Lord, I pray today as I speak, will you come and speak? Wherever the people under the sound of my voice are on the path of life, come alongside them. Speak to them right now, Jesus. I thank you that you're gonna walk with us even from this place to our own homes. You're gonna reside there with us, God. I thank you, Jesus, that your word says you don't leave or forsake us. And I thank you from the day of the resurrection that has been true till today. It's true in our lives. And so, Lord, right now, we welcome you. We welcome your word. We welcome your Holy Spirit. Come and speak to us, your people. In the mighty name of Jesus, come on, all the believers said, amen, amen and amen. Finding Jesus on the road to Emmaus. Today, I want to speak to you about how God will walk with you through difficult situations on your, on your journey towards eternity. Simply this, God will walk with you. Through difficult trials, tribulations, confusing circumstances on your journey home. The word Emmaus means the spring of salvation. We know that Jesus is the spring of salvation. Emmaus was these disciples' home. And so, in other words, they're walking towards salvation, walking towards eternity, and Jesus shows up to walk with them every single step along the way. Do you remember what he promised to the woman at the well? He says, you're drinking temporary water, but if you drink of my water, it will well up within you as a spring of salvation leading to eternal life. These people are walking towards heaven, walking towards eternity, and Jesus shows up to walk with them. And I'm here to tell you today, Jesus will walk with you. He'll walk with you every single step along the way towards eternity. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I think the problem is sometimes we don't realize how close Christ really is. I think we know it may be in our head, but many times our eyes fail to perceive it. We, we fail to see God's living and active and moving hand in our lives. And, and so we might think that we're walking the path alone. Our language even betrays this. Sometimes we'll say, I, 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 I feel like I can't, I can't do this all on my own. I feel like I'm out here all alone. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm isolated. You know, Pastor, Pastor David even talked about Cruz being, being the antidote to isolation, that you're walking with some people as you're walking with God. The Bible says where two or more are gathered, there I am in their midst. And so Jesus is proving that verse in this moment. Why? Because he's trying to let you know, even in the midst of desperate times, even in the midst of confusing circumstances, even in the midst of stormy seasons, he will show up and he will walk with you along the path of life. You do not have to be isolated. You do not have to carry the weight. You do not have to do this on your own. You do not have to figure it all out. Eternity is not for you to grasp. It's for God to give. And so he will come alongside you and he will walk with you on the road to Emmaus, the road home. And he'll walk with you through some things. How good is our God? 
that he doesn't let you walk through trials and circumstances to figure it out by yourselves. But he stands with you in them and, and he, he travels with you through them. Whatever your trials are, God will walk with you through them. He'll walk with you through grief. He'll walk with you through loss. He'll walk with you through sickness, through cancer, through death. He'll walk with you through healings, through life. He'll walk with you through the change of seasons. When you have to move or when you're getting married, when you're having your children, when you're bringing them to school, he'll walk with you. When you're starting a new job or when you're called into your boss's office, he'll walk with you. Thank God. He'll walk with you even through your own failures, through your own mistakes, through the circumstances of your own creation. He doesn't leave. He doesn't forsake. He doesn't abandon. He's faithful to the end. The good news of the resurrection is simply this, that now God will walk with you every step along the way. The Bible tells us about the man named Enoch. The Bible says in Genesis 5 that Enoch walked with God, then he was no more because God took him away. What an incredible statement. What an awesome obituary, although ironically, it's the only person without one. He didn't die. God just whisked him away. It was him and Elijah. That's it. He walked faithfully with God, then he was no more. Put that on my gravestone. He walked with God, then he was no more. What else did he do? Who cares? What did he build? Whatever. How much money did he have? Pfft. He walked closely with the Lord, then was no more. That can be you. Jesus will walk with you along the path of life, through the ups and the downs, the valleys, the mountains, and, and he'll walk you right up until death's door. That final moment that God has set for every person that has ever lived. And he will open that door for you and he'll, he'll let you walk through it when it's your time. But the good news is he slips on the other side of the door and he's, he's waiting there to welcome you. He will be the first person you see on the other side. It won't be Peter. It won't be the pearly gates. It will be Jesus himself waiting for you to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the place I prepared for you. In other words, I've been waiting for you. He will walk with you and then he will wait for you on the other side. He's a good God and he will be faithful with you every step along the way. And you say, amen. See, that's God's goal, is close friendship with you. It's always been God's goal. It's friendship, relationship with his children. And that's what the resurrection is really all about. The resurrection is a reinstatement of relationship. What was lost in the garden, God recreates through the power of the resurrection. So powerful, too, that Jesus was buried, the Bible says, in a, in a tomb in a garden. Why? Because God's saying, I'm going back to the beginning, and I'm undoing what everybody screwed up. What Satan and man and sin screwed up, Jesus comes to recreate. And, 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 and so when he resurrects, he resurrects himself 
in a garden, and he meets Mary, and, and, and it's so powerful, he restores her, and it's a picture of God restoring Eve. But the very next thing he does in this recreation process is he finds these two disciples. We don't even really know who they are. They show up one time in Scripture. We only know one of their names, Cleopas. We don't know if they're two men, or we don't know if it's a man and a woman. We don't know if they're married. But they are just everyday, average, normal disciples. And what does God want to do? Well, he wants relationship. He wants to go on a walk with them. Well, as I said, he's reinstating creation. What was the last thing that God wanted to do before the fall? He wanted to walk with Adam and Eve in the garden, in the cool of the day. But when he searched for them, they hid from him. They stayed away from him because they were so condemned and filled with guilt and shame that they couldn't come near his presence. And so God, thousands of years later, comes and fulfills that gap. And the first thing he does is says, let's finish that walk. Where's Adam and Eve? And you say, well, no, no, that's not Adam and Eve. Yeah, these are just normal, average, everyday people. That's right. That's who God wants to walk with. You are the new Adam and Eve. And God says, I've been looking for you because I'm coming back to spend time with you, to have friendship with you, relationship and my presence with you. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 12 says this, and I will walk among you and I will be your God and you shall be my people. God's been claiming you from the very beginning. It's almost as if Jesus is saying, I've been waiting thousands of years to have this walk with my friends. I've been waiting thousands of years to be able to have this journey home with my children. Because God's goal is to walk with you, be close with you. Moses knew this about God. When Moses had led his people out of Egypt, led them through the Red Sea, through the wilderness, he brought them to the mountain of the Lord. It was at this place that God's presence descended in fire on this mountain and the whole nation could see that God was here and God was speaking to them. It was a powerful moment. It actually overwhelmed them. It was too much. And so Moses went up to the mountain to speak to God face to face. But you know the story. When he was there, people of Israel lost their minds, began to party. They told Aaron, we don't know where that guy is. Go read it up. Go, go read, read it up. <laughs> read it up. That's how they were speaking. We don't know where that fellow is, like disregarding him, wherever that guy, you know the guy that just opened the sea, whoever that guy is, we don't know where he is. So make us our own God. We'll do it our own way. They couldn't wait 40 days. So they, they had, you know, a pagan festival and they were worshiping this, this God. Of course, Moses comes home right at that time. Dad always comes home right in the middle of the party. <laughs> he smashes the, the Ten Commandments and he's, he's infuriated. He goes to God and says, God, what do we do? Because he knows God is not going to allow this. And God says to Moses, here's what I want you to do. You bring the people to the promised land that I promised Abraham. I'll send an angel before you. You will conquer the people of the land, but I'm not going with you. God says, if I go, I'm going to kill everybody down there. I'm going to wipe them off the face of the earth. At least God knows himself. Like, you know when mom and dad need just a little bit of space? You know, I just need an hour. God's saying, I'm not going to go with them. But Moses has this incredible reply. He says, Lord, then, then don't send me. Don't send us. 
And Moses said to God, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. In other words, your presence is our promised land. It would be better to live in the wilderness with you than in the palaces without you. God, we don't want to go anywhere unless your presence goes with us. Moses understood something, that the only journey worth taking is one where you are walking with God, where his presence is around you, where the cloud protects you and the fire leads you. It's the only way to go to the fulfillment of all God's promises for you is if he's the one bringing you there. And what an incredibly mature response from Moses. You know, his, his focus wasn't on the promises. His focus was on the presence. And I, wanna, I want us, even as Christians, to make sure we never, ever care more about the blessings than the blesser. We never, ever care more about what God gives than who God is. Jesus first. Jesus alone. Jesus is our all and all. He is our promise. He's the gift. He's the prize. I'm excited to start Presence Night uh, in a couple weeks here on Wednesday night. And what we do is we come on Wednesday night, we have worship, and we see what God wants to do. We give, we give space and time. Of course, we do it every Sunday. We do it at cruise, but we want to make a special time like when Moses would go to the tent of meeting and say, God, what do you have to say to us? And what are we saying as a church? We're saying, God, we don't want to go forward into this next season. We don't, want it to make it, we don't want to make it to Christmas unless you are the one leading us into this next season. And you know, we're going to have a strange next season, most likely. And I've been waiting to talk to you guys about this. Now seems as good a time as any. But you know, we're heading into the political season. And you guys remember what happened last political season, right? <laughs> you had to be very brave to go to church. It might get, let's put it lightly, weird. Just remember this, next year we were saying, what is happening? You know, it might get weird, but I can promise you this. We're gonna take every step with the presence of God. We're not gonna be afraid. We're gonna move forward. God's gonna protect us. He's gonna be with us. It doesn't matter what happens out there. It doesn't matter what the edicts are. We are gonna walk with God every step along the way, every Sunday. I pray we still grow. I pray we still expand because the church of Jesus Christ is unstoppable because his spirit is unstoppable. Come on, just give God a praise in this place. Come on, the church said amen. amen. And you can pray this prayer for your life as well. God, go with me, Moses says. Go with me, Lord. In the morning, this simple prayer can be yours. Lord, go with me through this day. Your word says that your mercies are new every morning. I need your mercy. I need your grace. Go with me. When you're going into a meeting, Lord, go with me. When you're, when you're, when you're, when you're uh, you know, launching a new thing, Lord, go with me. I don't want to do this without you, Jesus. I, I pray you even ask God and invite God into conversations. Lord, help me with this. You ever been in a conversation where you know this could go one of two ways? This could go very badly. Right there, you can whisper the silent prayer. Lord, lead me in this conversation. Give me the words to say. Give me the words not to say. Help me not say the words that I really want to say. And he will go with you. 
This is what Jesus does when, when these two disciples are walking down this path, road to Emmaus. Jesus shows up and what does he want to know? He asks him, hey, what are you guys talking about? Isn't it good that Jesus is interested in your life? He, he shows up and says, what's going on, guys? I love it's like the most understated, you know, the, the only resurrection humanity has ever seen, the power of God on ultimate display, the crux of civilization landing on this moment. And Jesus is like, what's going on? See ya. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him because God wanted to test their hearts and see where they were, see, see where they were at. And it just shows me God's interested in your life. He's interested in your walk. He's interested in your talk. He's interested in your conversation. And, and I mean, he didn't have to ask that question. He knew the answer. He knew what they were talking about. But isn't it amazing how God always asks questions he knows the answers to? See, even when God went into the garden, he said, Adam and Eve, where are you? He knew where they were, but he was trying to expose the state of their heart. And so here now, God asks another question that he knows the answers to, but he's trying to get to the root of the matter, expose the state of their heart. And know this, sometimes God will ask you questions that he knows the answers to, and he's not really looking for your justification. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, why did you say that? Or why did you go there? Or what do you think about this? But what he's trying to do is lead you to the right conclusion. This is what Jesus does. He says, what are you speaking about in the Bible? says that, that the two disciples, they stood still, looking sad, downcast. They're still struggling under the weight of the crucifixion, under the weight of the unknown. And they said to Jesus, we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Now, we don't know what's happening. We don't know what's going on. H have you ever hoped for something prayed for something, believed for something that didn't end up working out the way you thought it was gonna work out? Have you ever even thought God was in something, but then at the end, it goes awry? You thought that's clearly an open door. Or maybe it was a relationship where you said, this is clearly the one. Or, 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 or maybe it was a, an opportunity that you said, clearly this is a blessing from God. But then after you walk, the path a little bit, one day, two days, three days go by, and you find yourself kind of just confused. You're saying, I thought, I, I thought that, that he was the redeemer. I thought it was gonna work out this way. I, I thought God was with me. See, the enemy wants to capitalize on those moments. He wants to cause you to question your faith simply because things didn't work out in your perspective. The enemy wants to come in and shake you the enemy wants to come in and confuse you. But we know that God is not the author of confusion. He's the author of truth. He's the one that will come and reveal himself to you. And, and you and I, we've got to understand in these moments where we don't understand everything, where we're still unsure. Maybe we're sad, downcast. Maybe you feel defeated. Maybe you feel like you're even at a standstill. We were moving, there were healings, things were happening, but now there's no progress in my life. I don't feel faith, I, I don't feel forward momentum. I feel like I'm at a standstill, exactly like these disciples. Can I tell you that, that uh, even if you find yourself in that place, God could still be walking with you? Did you know this? That Jesus can be walking with you, you can be in the middle of God's plan, and you could still be intensely confused 
about what's happening. Isn't this true? Ask the veteran Christians around you. Isn't it? At crew this week, ask them, can you be walking with God and still be confused about what's happening? Here we see these people right next to Jesus, but they can't understand what's happening. They can't recognize the hand of the Lord. And before we judge them, that's us. Jesus can be this close and we can still be missing what he's doing. The good news is, even though they were confused, even though they were unsure, even though they were at a standstill, that was not the end of their faith. The good news is that Jesus was still close. That Jesus was still walking with them. And even more than that, they were directly in the will of God. They were directly in the plan of God. I'm here to tell you today, even when trying and confusing times come that you don't understand and you can't figure out, that does not mean that you are outside the will of God. Those trials will come, but God will walk with you, be steadfast for you. And I would propose to you that you can bring your confusion to God. That's what these people do. Jesus say, what's happening? And they don't try and sugarcoat it. They say, we don't know. We don't understand this and that. And we thought this and we thought that. We had hoped. Our expectations were unfulfilled. And they bring all of it to Jesus. God is not afraid of your confusion. In fact, he welcomes it. Because he's not the author of it. He's the author of truth. And if you bring your confusion to God, I believe this. He will clarify it and bounce it back to you as truth. It's like the spectrum of light when it goes through a diamond that it bounces out multiple different colors that when you bring your confusion to God, he'll bring truth out of it. He'll bring help out of it. He'll bring joy out of it. He'll bring hope out of it. He'll bring love out of it. But you've got to be okay with bringing it to God because he'll correct it. And that's what, that's what Jesus does with these people along the way. On the path, he begins to clarify what's happening. But you just hear me, you got to give God an opportunity to, to reveal his plan, to show himself. You do that through prayer. You do that through the reading of the word. You do that by spending time with him. You do that by asking God what's happening here. Give him an opportunity to reveal his plan. Because I think if we're not careful, sometimes we will automatically say, you know, God's not, not for me anymore, or I'm out of his plan, or I don't get it, and that, that's that. But if you bring it to the Lord, he'll begin to unveil some things to you. He'll walk with you even through it, even, even though you don't understand yet. He'll say, okay, let's take another step together. And this is what Jesus does for these people walking on the path. Bible says, beginning with Moses, going throughout all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. What did Jesus do? He showed them who he was in all of scripture. Please hear me. This is what the word of God does. It reveals the character of Jesus. It reveals the personality of Jesus. It reveals the promises of Jesus. It reveals the strength and power and might of Jesus. This is why the enemy hates this book and why he will do anything to get you off of this book. Because when you begin to open the scripture, you will see through it and you will see Jesus. Every single one of of the characters in this book reveals Jesus. Every character shows one of his characteristics. And so what Jesus is doing is he's not answering 
He's not answering their questions simply. He's showing his goodness. He's showing his greatness. Here's what I'm really trying to say. He's showing his faithfulness to everyone else throughout Scripture to lead them to the conclusion that he will be faithful to them. If he's had a plan all along, he's got a plan for you right now. And if you don't know it, I'd encourage you, search the scriptures. Start with Moses and see what you can see about God because every character reveals his characteristic. If you need deliverance, go to the books of Moses and read about how your God is a strong tower, a mighty fortress of deliverance. If you need courage, go read the story of David when all of his brothers were scared and all of the the nation was scared and the king and all of his jesters were scared. David stands up and says, I've killed the lion. I've killed the bear. I know how this pattern continues. If you need courage, Go read about David. If you need resilience, go read the story of Joseph and know no matter where you're at in this process, God will carry you through the process. If you feel like you're lost and and you're in an unknown land, go read the story of Ruth. If you feel like you're in a political situation that God cannot turn around, go read the book of Esther and see how in one moment God can change the fortunes of an entire nation for the benefit of God's holy people. Go read the Psalms. Go read the Proverbs. You need wisdom, go to King Solomon, and as he writes, Jesus will reveal wisdom to your mind. If your heart is low and you feel like I am filled with depression, go to the Psalms and see what it looks like to pour your heart out to a loving and gracious God. And David says, bless the Lord, O my soul. I've had enough of being downcast. Everything within me, praise him. Why? Because he's seeing Jesus. Go to the book. Go to the characters and see the man who is Jesus. And he will reveal himself, how? Along the way. He doesn't do it all at once. You don't come in, get saved one Sunday and you got it all. You know? Like, remember how you came to church? You know, we talk about how the church is a hospital, you know? It is. And some of you guys came in here from a bar fight you're like, what happened to this guy? Well, he lost. We know that. <laughs> he didn't win. <laughs> You're trying to see the other guy. Yeah, we, he's here. He brought you in. He's fine. <laughs> and God cleans you up. But, you know, after the hospital comes a rehabilitation process. Every Sunday, you're learning how to lift your hands. Every Sunday, you're learning how to speak in faith. During cruise, you're, you, got, you got a group to help you through some things. And here's the truth. You're getting stronger and stronger. Every step that you take, God is strengthening your bones, strengthening your faith, re- revealing himself to your mind. You're going to walk out of this place differently than how you came in. Why? Because God reveals himself along the way. He doesn't do it all at once. You know, he could have instantaneously fixed their problems. But instead, he'd rather show them who he is. That's a greater revelation than just understanding of a moment. And here's the good news of God. He'll show you who he is. He'll bring you along with him. Search scriptures, and you'll see the side of the Savior that you need to see today. You might have read this scripture last month. It didn't mean too much. You might read it next month. It doesn't mean too much. But the Bible, the word says that the word is living and active. 
that when you open it today, it's going to be alive for today. My wife sent me a psalm earlier this week. It was as if God wrote the psalm to Jordan and Samantha for Tuesday. (laughs) And then signs it. Because it's that alive. He'll help you take the very next step on your path. And he'll show you who he is, which is really all that you need. They arrive at the house at the end of of this journey, the end of this walk with, with Jesus. They arrive home where they were headed. And the Bible says that they urged him strongly, stay with us. Look at this, at the end of the journey, they're saying the opposite of what Adam and Eve were saying. Adam and Eve were saying, stay away. But now, because of God's goodness and graciousness, now because God came to them, God comes to us, not because we could earn it, not because we could uh, deserve it. Certainly, we didn't even understand it, but God and his goodness comes with us. They say, do not pass us by. Don't move on to somebody else. Lord, Lord, stay with us. May that be our prayer. Lord, stay in our homes. Stay over our minds, God. Stay in our spirits, Lord God. Stay in this house, Jesus. We want your presence more than anything else in the world. The truth is this. You can walk through anything as long as you know that Jesus is right beside you, walking with you through it all. Sometimes the solution isn't finding a solution. Sometimes the solution is just finding Jesus. And may that be good enough, more than enough. Stay with us, they say. We want to spend time with you. We want you in our home. This should be the goal of Christianity. We will do, and we will work, and we will move mountains. But in the end, our goal is just to be with Jesus. In the end, our goal is to understand him more. And the truth is, if you're here today, you are on your own road to Emmaus, your path towards salvation. And I hope that you would ask God to reveal himself to you today. That even as I speak, I pray that God shows himself very real to you. When you open the Bible, that should be your prayer. God, show me yourself today. Reveal yourself to me. In every situation, especially the ones you don't understand, you can ask Jesus, reveal yourself to me, Lord Jesus. He'll walk with you along the road. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.